The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as part of the Armchair Media Network. Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray have once again reminded us why you should have your children play football and not baseball. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k. Colin Coward, because I'm flying solo today, while AJ flies to L.A. to get in the studio with Wiz Khalifa to record a new intro song. Today, I'll be continuing our summer scouting series with a group of five South prospects, and then I talked with Arkansas State's preseason first-team all-sum belt wide receiver, Jonathan Adams Jr. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby driving up to Cleveland, maybe looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day, don't draft specialists on the second day, maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. We recognize that there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to collegiate testing, or who did not have access to their financial means to pay for college. This is why there are three requirements for eligibility. Be a black creative, be under the age of 21, and submit a project, whether that be graphic design, photography, writing, whatever avenue you'd like, to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July, but right now UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline is the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline is simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day. For our devout gamblers, Go check that out. Bet Online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best prop bets in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your only wagering expert. Okay, it's just me today. We'll see how this goes. It's the second time I've ever done a solo show for our faithful listeners. I did the SEC show alone last year, and that was a hoot, as we all don't remember. So, of course, um, the G5 South is my bread and butter, uh, Conference USA, Sunbelt, and of course we throw Liberty and New Mexico State into this conversation as well, because why not? Independents are silly. Notre Dame, you're not better than everyone. Join the ACC. And, uh, hey, the G5 South, there's a couple a couple guys here. Um, I think... Ultimately, uh, there's the playmakers on offense being receivers, tight ends, running backs. A couple of interesting guys there. Uh, and a couple uh, a couple DBs on defense. Um, overall, I'd say probably weaker than the G5 North. 
uh, that, I mean, neither has the AAC. We'll be covering that uh, next week. But uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I'll start with some of the quarterbacks. Uh, I think UAB's quarterback, Tyler Johnston, is really interesting. Now, he's a redshirt junior. He's a, He started fully last year as a redshirt sophomore, and I think he was a, basically like three-quarter starter as a, a redshirt freshman. Uh, that UAB team's really interesting. What Bill Clark has done, obviously, they that the program took two years off because it theoretically folded. Uh, they fought back. They got the program back. Bill Clark is, I think, probably one of, if not the most underrated uh, coaches in college football for what he's done there. Um, I mean, in my lifetime, UAB was never quite relevant until Bill Clark uh, took over. So anyway, um, Johnson's pretty interesting. Not the biggest guy, um, but pretty impressive arm, really aggressive downfield passer. It, it can be a problem at times. His decision-making is kind of inconsistent. He'll force throws into tight coverage. He, he's usually looking for that downfield money shot and passes up the layups. Um, as, uh, as many smarter football minds than me have said, uh, you can't go broke taking a profit. That's not how Tyler Johnston plays. He, 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 he would rather go broke for the chance at a million. Um, ultimately, I think if he can kind of clean up some of that decision-making, uh, settle for those shorter throws, um, when the, when the big play's not there, he'd be a really interesting guy and he's got two years of eligibility left. I, I just, it's not every day you see a guy who's so, he's got, he's, he's twitchy. He, he, he rips throws into tight windows. Uh, I love the velocity he can, he can rip onto the ball, um, he kind of almost reminds me of Case Keenum when he was at Houston, where it felt like in that in that um, iteration of the air raid under Sumlin, there was a lot of big throws, a lot of Case Keenum kind of improvising. Johnson's got a bit of that. He's mobile enough to make plays out of structure. I just I think there's something there with him, and I mean it could be. I watched a lot of over the last what three four weeks. I've watched a lot of. Not NFL level quarterbacks. I'm not. I don't have a draftable grade on Johnson. I just think that's a guy who could get there. The best quarterback in terms of college football that uh, I looked at this week would be uh, Southern Miss's Zach Thomas. That's a guy who didn't like his tape all that much as a redshirt junior or a redshirt sophomore. Sorry. And then last year, he I thought he took a big leap as a redshirt junior. I said Southern Miss because I've got Nick Mullins on my mind. I meant Appalachian State. Um, he's kind of the key cog in that team. They they obviously he's on his third head coach in three years now, uh, with Satterfield leaving for Louisville, and then what's his name leaving for Missouri. Um, but they promote the O line coach, so I, I think Zach Thomas is poised to probably be um, the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year this year. Um, he's tough. He's mobile. He's he, he's not the best decision maker, but he's poised under fire. He's pretty accurate with his ball placement on short and intermediate throws. He's crisp, clean footwork. He's a guy who I, I could see playing maybe in the East-West Shrine game, then being in his training camp, putting up big numbers at App State, maybe doing some things that, uh, in the preseason, or potentially a CFL roster guy. A little Zach Caleros to his game, if you will. 
But yeah, I, I could see him. That's why I mixed him up uh, with Nick Mullins and said Southern Myths earlier. I could see him kind of taking that path where he goes undrafted. But if he lands with the right team, obviously Mullins lands in San Fran with Shani. If Zach Thomas lands with the right team, see him maybe sitting a year or two on, on a, a practice squad, maybe even making that Duck Hodges leap and playing on an active roster. Um, I just I think the intangibles are there with him. He the the biggest question for me is the arm strength. I, I don't think he can make a ton of downfield throws, but we do overrate arm strength. I mean, arm strength makes you stand out, but arm strength doesn't keep you in the league for lesser quarterbacks, obviously. I mean, look at Tyree Jackson last year. Massive arm. Didn't get drafted. Kind of doesn't really matter anymore. There, There's a case of that every year where we fall for those massive arms and kind of ignore like the, the physical traits and ignore the intangibles that are more important. Um, I mean, the, the quarterback evaluation has changed so much over the last 10 years. I, I, hand up, I, I had a first-round grade on Josh Rosen. And upon you go back and you, you study that, you understand, at least to some extent, why I overrated him. I fell for everything before the ball hit the hands of the receiver, I guess, if that makes any sense. I fell for the Chris, like he was so mechanically clean that I ignored maybe some of the decision-making. Yeah, he, he had the arm that could make every throw that I ignored some of the inconsistent ball placement or under fire, he can't make a play. <sighs> anyway, here's the train, the, the fateful train. It loves to I honk. Do trains honk? I don't even know. Moving on. Um, I watched Levi Lewis and Lane Hatcher as well. Hatcher's an interesting guy. Transfers from Alabama uh, to Arkansas State. Ends up starting as a redshirt freshman at Arkansas State. Put up some numbers. He's a guy who I'd watch for down the line. Doesn't have the biggest arm, but he is... Um, he makes some tight window throws. He really trusts his receivers. I mean, Arkansas State had maybe the best trio of receivers in the group of five last year with Kirk Merritt, um, Omar Bayless, and then Jonathan Adams. He only returns Adams this year, so we'll see if, if that makes a, a big difference. But... Uh, I got to maybe watch down the line. Then Levi Lewis, who ah, he's so fun. I don't. I don't think he's. 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 I don't want to overrate size. He's small. I mean, we've kind of learned over the last couple of years that maybe that's not that big a deal. But he's. I think five ten one ninety, and left-handed, which also shouldn't be a big deal. But you know, the NFL different is bad in their eyes. So. He's a guy who I could see making maybe maybe going to the CFL. He's got he's got enough arm despite his size, and obviously he's a, he's a mobile playmaker. Um, he, mechanically, he's kind of flawed. His feet are are kind of inconsistent. He'll, he'll get happy feet back there, but he I mean he's poised to have a huge year at ULL. They're an awesome program. Billy Napier's probably gonna be coaching. I would guess in the Power Five next year or two years from now. But yeah, ULL is set to have a big year. Levi Lewis is gonna put up numbers. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I could see maybe getting to the NFL PA Bowl. It's not a great year for senior quarterbacks, so they're going to have to fill up those, uh, the, the PA Bowl and East-West Shrine game quarterback rosters with people. Levi Lewis, uh, I, I bet he's in a CFL uh, camp next year. Okay, the running backs. I think my biggest takeaway was, I don't want to say disappointed, but... Maybe just not as impressed as I thought I was going to be with uh, Elijah Mitchell at ULL. 
he's kind of the the bell cow. They they used they used three running backs last year. Mitchell and Trigus are back this year. Um, I I think M- Mitchell. I I just expected I don't know a little more. Really good contact balance, some good initial short area quickness, but doesn't have big burst. <clears throat> not gonna necessarily run through. He, he's well built, but he's not a power back. Um, doesn't have great vision. Um, doesn't add much on passing downs. I, I think he needs to do a lot as a senior to kind of take that leap to be one of those G five running backs who can t- get into day early day three talk. At this point, I, 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 I just don't think there's enough athleticism or complete game there. The guy who I came away just, I didn't, like, I knew he, he put up numbers for Louisiana Monroe last year. But I came away really impressed with Josh Johnson, the running back at ULM. Compact build, short, stocky, compact build. I'm always going to fall for that type of guy. The type of guy who runs extremely physically and he's like 5'8", 220. Johnson's the set 5'9", 215. Reminds me a bit of Devonta Freeman, to be honest. Um, and, and the contact balance is very impressive. Um, and he, he's a good he, he's a good not-great athlete. I, he doesn't necessarily hit home runs, doesn't have big, big burst. But he has the quickness to make a guy miss in the hole. Um, he can get loose, loosey-goosey in the hole with his hips. Uh, he's not going to run through you, but he no one gets a clean shot on him. If you, like, he, he doesn't get squared up ever. And I think that's an underrated trait with running backs. That's something I remember Devin, Devin Singletary had coming out of FAU. And, and so that, that's a guy, I think, who could really rise this year. Uh, I think he's one, of the, he's one of the best senior running backs I've seen so far. Um, uh, I mean, senior bowl for a guy at ULM might seem like lofty a lofty statement, but uh, there's something there with that guy. He uh, I, this year I'd like the, see they have turnover at quarterback, so it's a little up in the air what what that offense is gonna look like. But um, I just like to see him more involved in the passing game. If if he can show off some consistent uh, playmaking on passing downs, he's a willing pass blocker. But there's always gonna be issues for smaller backs, shorter backs uh, in pass protection for the most part. Um. But yeah, he, he's a guy who, uh, I mean, I, I put him up there with the Jared Pattersons of the world when it comes to G5 running backs. I, I think my two highest rated G5 running backs thus far, uh, outside of Ken- Kenneth Gainwell, who's, I mean, in a class of his own, I would say it's Jared Gainwell, Jared Patterson, Josh Johnson for me, and then maybe Valde at Wyoming. Um, yeah, Josh Johnson, really impressive. Uh, I think he was... My second highest graded offensive player is uh, his, from the G5 South here. My highest also from the same school. So uh, that's what we call a tease. Uh, other than that, there, I, there, it was more with the running back group guys who I think could be interesting uh, if they take steps forward this year. But Josh Johnson's the only guy I have a draftable on. Um, Trey Regis... Elijah Mitchell's running mate at ULL is an interesting dude. He he's more a little more power to him. He's he's well built like Mitchell. A little more power to him. A little less quickness, less less athleticism adds less on passing downs. But a, a kind of a rugged physical guy. I think really good contact balance. 
can kind of he can run through smaller smaller tacklers, breaks a lot of arm tackles. He's a guy who, I mean, I, I just threw this comp on him kind of not blindly because he did remind me of him, but like a Damian Williams with the Chiefs, where you land in the right spot with a, a guy like this. Now, I don't think he's quite the same athlete as Damian Williams, and I don't think he adds nearly the same amount of on passing downs, but uh, just in terms of the way he runs, I kind of that was a, a comp that flashed in my mind. Another interesting one. Now, it's going to be weird in general to see what happens at uh, FAU with Lane Kiffin gone, Willie Taggart in, but Alabama transfer BJ Emmons, uh, he, he in a limited role with FAU last year, kind of interesting. Good athlete. Not the biggest back. Good athlete. Catch the ball well. Um, I think he, he, he could be an interesting change of pace runner in the NFL. You, I mean, he's a senior now. He needs to take it on a bigger role at FAU this year, but that Alabama transfer pedigree, and uh, just overall, that's, I think they get him, and they got Chris Robeson back, they get they get Emmons, Emmons going in some type of defined role, instead of just a, last year he used kind of, kind of a change of pace back, it was pretty inconsistent how he was used, but uh, he's, uh, he's quite interesting, and I, I mean, recently FAU's turned out some guys, and then there's Ricky Slade, uh, former five-star. Lots of transfers in the G5 South. But Ricky Slade, former five-star, uh, was obviously at Penn State, literally transferred to Old Dominion like two weeks ago. Uh, he's from Virginia. Wasn't wasn't taking on a big role at Penn State. Was stuck behind Journey Brown. He's a really good athlete with huge burst. Now, he's a guy who you, you watch the limited snaps he played at Penn State, and you can understand why this guy probably dominated high school football in Virginia and got earned that five-star uh, recruit um, title. But he just he doesn't make, make much for himself. Like He's going to rip off home runs if there's clean blocking, but he, he not a lot of vision. He's going to hit whatever hole is in front of him. If there is one, <laughs> and uh, he's not breaking arm tackles, so I'm interested to see. I mean, he probably isn't going to get immediate eligibility at Old Dominion, but who knows? Then NCAA be whack. Um, so let's 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 see uh, what type of role he takes on there, because he's got to like no offense to Old D, but he's got to be the best athlete at the program now. So you'd expect him if he's really worth that five star title, you'd expect him to immediately be the best player. Um, now, who he he's a guy we're probably talking about a year or two from now, rather than in this upcoming draft. All right, let's move to receivers. Um, let's let let's uh, start with the guy I talked to. Um, Jonathan prefers Jay Jay Adams from Arkansas State. Um, like I said, Arkansas State had maybe the best trio of receivers in the G five last year. Uh, and Adams was the second leading receiver. Now Omar Bayless was like the go-to guy. Kirk Merritt was the yak guy. Adams was the big play guy in my eyes, um, based off what I watched. Long six three two oh nine, terrific hands. I think his his combination of natural hands and concentration leads to a handful of um, circus catches. And when he's playing Georgia Southern last year, and that that's against uh, a defensive backfield that. Had, had multiple, at least NFL training camp guys. Um, he he was either making circus catches or getting pass interfered. He's a big play threat. He's got downfield speed. Now this year, you, you'd like to see him kind of more than be the 
the flying curl guy. You want to see him run uh, a more detailed route tree and and show more, I, I guess, um, explosiveness laterally out of his breaks. But in terms of being a downfield threat, that that's a that's a dude. Great catch radius, makes plays through traffic. Uh, I came away pretty impressed. I, I, I went into it not um, not I guess like I, I not having a great idea of the Arkansas State offense outside of Omar Bayless from last year, but yeah, him and Adams and Hatcher, they're uh, a lot of trust there to make a big play when he needs it. So that's definitely a dude to watch, and I think he's gonna probably cross a thousand yards with Hatcher this year uh, and, and be an all Sun Belt guy. Now. The other receiver who I, I didn't necessarily, well, I didn't realize Austin Watkins is Sammy Watkins' cousin, the UAB receiver, also well built, six three two zero five. He's a guy who I could see take take a big leap just because he's physically imposing, uh, built like built and plays like a true outside X, really physical after the catch for n- not necessarily a compact guy. Um, it makes a lot of plays through traffic as well. Uh, the UA- UAB is, I think Johnson Watkins is maybe going to be the most fun G5 passing combo outside of the AAC. Just with Johnson's willingness to go downfield and Watkins go up and make a play. 50-50 ball guy. Um, really great body control. And just, just, just physical. Just pure physicality. And you, you can tell he's a good athlete, and uh, with him, similar to Adams, you just want to see him run more of a route tree and, and do more on the routes that aren't, I guess, screens, curls, and flies. Okay, now to my highest-graded offensive player from uh, the G5 Civ. Son of NFL head coach Doug Peterson, ULM tight end Josh Peterson. Didn't realize uh, Doug Peterson's ha- had a son playing college football. Didn't realize this was him. Um, now Doug Peterson, obviously the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, played at ULM as well. His uh, brother also played tight end at ULM. So Josh Peterson, following in the footsteps, got the got. I mean, Doug Peterson played like twelve years as an NFL quarterback. Obviously, uh, backing up Brett Favre for a handful of years. And uh, his mom was an LSU basketball player, so big, big, big time DNA there. Um, interesting guy, six five two thirty two. Like he, his frame looks like, yeah, he could put on twenty pounds. And the way ULM uses him, he's lining up like a like the way Mark Andrews was used at Oklahoma um, two three years ago, lining up almost as just a true slot a lot of the time. Is it Peterson's got some of that where they're lining him up as a jumbo slot? They line him up as an H back off the line of scrimmage a lot. He's a really interesting move tight end who's just against Florida State. He was maybe the best player on the field. He he he's burning DBs from Florida State, which I mean, that's that's four and five star guys. Um, just a, a a total mismatch with the size and and uh, deep speed. And a great catch radius. He he makes he like the body control, the concentration through contact. He's making a lot of plays now. Obviously, the 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 big question with the way he's used is uh, going to be blocking. 
Like, he's not really doing... He, he barely plays in line. Um, now, he, he's not... Uh, it's like, he's a good effort blocker. He's not just um, missing blocks, but he he, play, he his leverage is inconsistent. His hand placement's not great. He, there's not a ton of power. In the, like, you're not going to ask him to down block on a defensive end necessarily. But... Um, so you'd like to see him put on, I don't know, 10, 20 pounds, maybe by year two in the NFL. And you'd like to see, I mean, a lot of college tight ends don't necessarily block well the same way running backs don't pass block well. So you'd like to see some something cleaned up there. But ultimately, I don't know, the, the size, the athleticism, the ability to make plays through traffic. Again, you want to see maybe a bigger route tree this year, but that's a guy. That's a guy I was just shocked with how good he ended up being. Just because I didn't know a ton about him. I knew he put up numbers for ULM. Didn't realize he was Doug Peterson's son. I think he's a guy who's going to get a lot of hype, uh, even if ULM's not a great program this year. Okay, offensive line-wise... Um, not, not a ton going on here. I mean, two tackles, kind of interesting to track this year. Dante Demery, the FIU offensive tackle. He's a Georgia transfer, former big recruit, um, who, who had some off-field stuff there and, and obviously transfers to Florida International. You, you, like, the combination of size, um, and athleticism, you can tell why he would have been a big recruit going to play in the SEC. He's 6'5", 320. He's got pretty good feet. I think that was my biggest takeaway. Like, he's not bad uh, in pass protection, pretty clean feet. Um, Now, he plays too high, and he needs to get stronger. His anchor was my biggest question with him, but that's a guy to watch going forward. You want to see him be more physical in the run game. Another transfer, Zach Robertson, the Arizona State tackle. Yes, him. I'm pretty sure we talked about him like two years ago, and his journey has led him to ULL now. And uh, he is massive, 6'6" like 340 physical run blocker um questions about i mean his ability and pass but i think he's a guard at the next level um his feet aren't good enough and i don't think he's a good enough athlete to hang uh, against nfl level edge rushers but uh he now i don't have a, a draftable on demery or robertson but i just think with their size, uh, and, and they're both coming from Power 5 programs, they, they're poised to maybe be, end up getting themselves in the late day three conversation, especially Demery, just because you can't teach that type of athleticism. Ow! OMG! F-U-C-K! Whatever comes to mind, says the Manscaped ad read. Those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. I don't know what that means. Start taking notes, men. Manscaped accents are finally a thing of the past. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is being beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. Who doesn't like that? The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Yeah, use all those 90 minutes to shave your balls, men. The water-resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower, too. 
One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Now that seems like something that you wouldn't need. But I, honestly, the more I think about it, like at first I was like, that's, that, is that over the top? No, and then I thought about it and I said, I said to myself, when I'm shaving in the dark, I need that. And usually I'm shaving in the dark because I don't want to look at myself. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Yeah, when you bring your friends over, show off that charging dock. So many people have written stories about how the lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. They even included pics so I could see the smoothness for myself. And they aren't kidding. They do look really smooth. All those balls I was looking at. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And guess what, people? We're not done reading ads. BetOnline.ag. Yes, our friends from the top of the show, they're back. Because why wouldn't they be? Sports are kind of back, maybe. I don't know. The bubble seems to maybe be happening. Uh, the Orlando Magic showed up. Despite 90% of the Brooklyn Nets dropping out, the Orlando Magic have shown up. And this is their year, people. So hop on BetOnline.ag. Put all your money on the Orlando Magic. Because you're going to cash in this year, thanks to BetOnline.ag. Back to G5 South Prospects. Defensively, um, I mean, for the most part, there tends to be less guys of no, Just less tape cut, I guess, on, on uh, defensive guys in the, in the, I don't want to say lesser conferences, but in the uh, less notable conferences, I guess. So there's not a ton of guys here. Um... In the front seven, only only really one guy truly stood out to me, and that's Jordan Smith of UAB. Now, he's a Florida transfer, um, 6'7", 250. So, immediately, you see that length, and it kind of blows you away. And then you see Florida uh, as his previous school, and you're really intrigued. He's clearly a very good athlete. And despite the length, he plays with quite quite consistent leverage um and he, he has a hot motor like he is balls to the wall all day and uh he's a guy who i think could take a massive leap as a senior this year um he's a really good run defender too he's consistently setting the edge all the time especially in the, maybe in the in the lesser conferences guys are not necessarily the most consistent edge setters that is not like I was more impressed with what he does in the run game than the pass uh, than with his pass rush. Um, now, for him to kind of take that next step and be a day three prospect this year, you want to see him. He he has power in his hands, but just not a lot of consistency, I guess, in 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 his pass rush moves. Like if if the arm over doesn't work or the bull rush doesn't work he's kind of it seems a lot of the time like that's it um so you want to see him maybe building some combo and counter moves and just try new things which as silly as that sounds uh, i think a lot of uh, young pass rushers kind of get stuck in their ways like obviously at the high school level when you're a guy like him you can just bull rush half the dudes because they aren't <laughs> they aren't going to be playing fbs football um so i think guys get stuck in with what worked at that level and you you want to just see them develop more of a repertoire and i think that's his next step uh he he he, he he's a good athlete but like he's not i want to see more speed to power like i think he's got a lot of potential there um 
ultimately, I think at this at this point, he's not necessarily a draftable guy, but he has a big ceiling for a G5 edge. And I think he's going to take that step. I'm, I'm, I'm putting all my money on UAB this year. So watch out, people. Uh, other than that, the front seven, not, not a whole lot going on. I mean, Teron Jackson from Coastal Carolina and uh, Jacquez Turner from Southern Miss, two guys to watch. Um, Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech. Also, I, I, I got to watch, but none of those guys were, like, I, I didn't really see anything in terms of, that. that's a guy who's going to take a big step and get drafted. Um, in the secondary, Corey Strotter from another ULM guy. I'm just all in on ULM and UAB, apparently. Uh, Corey Strotter, the ULM corner. Wow. Now, I swear it's not just because he looks so good in number 21, which is the greatest number of all time, but um, he was, he's 5'10", 180. A lot of potential, I think, to kick inside and be a nickel at the next level, but just really smooth hips, very fluid, and it translates to they 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 were playing a lot of um, a lot of cover four, and uh, he he was really crisp and clean and smooth with his his um, deep zone drops, and uh, just really also when they asked him to play press like he's not a big guy but he is very he's feisty and that's why i think you can see that move to nickel potentially and uh willing very willing in the run uh run defending game as well so i think that that's a dude who i very much think is a day three draft prospect right now i have a draftable on him as a senior you want to see more consistency with his footwork clean that up a little bit see more consistency in man coverage um sometimes he gets boxed out by bigger guys uh, or just doesn't find the football you want to see improved ball skills but in, in terms of a dude who can pl- kind of play the flats as a zone defender out of the nickel or play a deep zone as a outside corner that's a that's definitely a guy to watch and he looks like a guy who'd be very willing on special teams with his physicality and tackling uh and then finally um, although, shout out to Kendrick Duncan Jr., the Georgia Southern safety. Now, he is not uh, a senior this year, so he'll likely be back. But that 6'3", 225 safety uh, in the G5, uh, he's going to get my attention. Really physical, great tackler. Now, I don't have a draftable on him, but I think that's a guy who maybe a year from now we're talking about as one of the better G5 defensive prospects, just the combination of size. And he's clearly explosive. You just, he, he has a lot to clean up in coverage. But the safety who I do think could get get himself drafted, and rather will get drafted as long as he stays healthy, is Reed Blankenship at Middle Tennessee State. Um, terrific tackler. Really good instincts. Uh, they, they play him at, in, in too deep a lot. I could see him potentially being used uh, as an overhang type of dude. Um, just because of the... Kind of like Kevon Wallace at Clemson in terms of... The, the the length is a mismatch as a as a overhang big nickel type, good instincts, um, just defends the low zone well, or the the flats, um, just as a flats defender in general. They haven't played too deep a lot. Uh, the overall range is a bit of a question for me, and just the fluidity in his hips, he's a little tight, and, and you want to see better ball skills. But at minimum, this is a guy who I think is going to be contributing on special teams and potentially as a rotational DB, um, even maybe as a dime linebacker at the next level. But, uh, he, yeah, he's just got to stay healthy. He, I think he's put up some numbers at Middle Tennessee State when he's healthy. Overall, yeah, so I would say from the G5 South, offensively, 
the guys who I think can get themselves drafted are ULM running back Josh Johnson, ULL running back Elijah Mitchell, but I think he needs to take a big step. Um, receivers Jonathan Adams from Arkansas State, Austin Watkins from UAB, and then Josh Peterson from ULM. And I'm interested in uh, Tyler Johnson at UAB, Zach Thomas at Appalachian State, Trey Regis at ULL, BJ Emmons at FAU, uh, Deontay Demery at FIU. Defensively, like I said, less 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 guys for sure. Jordan Smith, the edge from UAB. Corey Schotter, the corner from ULM, uh, and then Reblank Jip, the safety from Middle Tennessee State. That that's kind of the the group of guys I'm looking at from there. All right, down the stretch here. Um, Conference USA Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year. My predictions. I told y'all, I'm all in on UAB. Offensive player, Tyler Johnson. Defensive player, Jordan Smith. I think Johnson's going to be... Now, he needs to cut back on the turnovers, but I think he's going to put up some passing numbers, I think. Wouldn't be surprised to see him. Um, I don't know, 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. I'm, I think UAB could be a double-digit win team. Uh, and then Jordan Smith, as long as he can find some consistency in his pass rush, he is maybe the most talented defensive player, at least in the front seven in the G5 South that I invented. Uh, and then some belt offensive player of the year. I think Zach Thomas is the obvious choice, the Appalachian State quarterback. And then defensively, I'm going with um, ULM corner Corey Strotter. I just, it's hard for a corner to win, but I just think he's the most talented guy in the Sun Belt. Uh, and, and as for Thomas, I mean, if you're the quarterback at App State, you're probably just in a better, in better, if you're the best offensive player at App State, you're in better shape than anyone else in the Sun Belt to win offensive player of the year. You're probably winning double digit games and putting up numbers. Uh, okay, and my Conference USA champion, of course, I'm picking UAB over Marshall. I didn't really talk about Marshall uh, or anyone from Marshall, but I mean, they got they got a big big uh, time Conference USA running back and Brendan Knox. Xavier Gaines is an interesting tight end, um, and, and they're they're just pretty consistently one of the best teams. Doc Holliday, one of the most underrated coaches. Uh, I think in, in college football, I mean, a lot of the G5 South type of guys get slept on. But, yeah, I mean, Doc Holley's got that, that program winning 8 to 10 games, it feels like, every, every other year. Um, so I, I'm going to take UAB over them. And then the Sun Belt, App State, you'd be a fool not to pick App State. And I, I think you'd be a fool not to pick them over ULL in that championship game. ULL, again, loaded. Uh, Billy Napier is going to be, I think, probably a Power 5 head coach next year. And Levi Lewis in that that backfield, pretty impressive. Okay, finally, I get to pick the Conference USA City of the Week and the Sun Belt City of the Week because it's just me. So I think that's the best part about doing a show alone. Cities of the Week, uh, Conference USA City of the Week. I mean, come on, longtime listeners, you know it's Boca Raton, Boca Raton, Florida, home of the FAU Owls. Notable people from Boca Raton. Now, a, Wikipedia claims a whole lot of people are notable from Boca Raton. I think maybe they like kind of live there now. I don't know. It was a ridiculous list. I narrowed it down, and I, it's still a ton of people. So here we go. John Bon Jovi, definitely not from Boca Raton. Jeff Gordon, okay. Ariana Grande, probably, maybe. Uh, they claim Ilgoskis, the old Cleveland Cavaliers center. That was one of my favorite ones. Uh, Don King and Vince McMahon. So you're getting the Boxing King. And the WWE King. Of course, Bill's owner, Terry Pagula, really known for his community work down in Boca Raton. Maury Povich, I, that's not even... Like, Boca Raton is built for 
Mari Povich and uh, what he does. Andy Roddick, remember him? Yes, the best American tennis player, maybe. I don't know if that's true. I don't know tennis. Uh, Pete Rose, of course. P- Pete Rose feels like he would thrive in in, in Boca. Uh, Scott Stapp. Yes, that's right. Scott Stapp, the lead singer of Creed. Our favorite band with arms wide open. Uh, and then finally, of course, Jeff Toole. That guy who started like two games as a Bills quarterback, uh, like, I don't know, five years ago. I don't know. Booker Raton claims him, so congrats, Jeff Toole. Uh, and then notable FAU alumni. This is maybe less interesting. Alfred Morris. Yeah, we all remember him. Lucky Whitehead, the Cowboys return man and now Winnipeg Blue Bombers receiver. Now it gets a little better. Chris Caraba, the lead singer of Dashboard Confessional. Shout out to all my emo fans. Uh, Carrot Top. Now that sounds pretty. Imagine Carrot Top walking around FAU. And then a guy who goes by the name Sneaky Scoodry, who is a League of Legends player. Now, I just put him because that's a sick name. Uh, and then finally, Sunbelt City of the Week, Boone, North Carolina. Because, first of all, I'm the biggest fan of the Carolinas. Boone's a mountain town. This is home of the Appalachian States. Uh, Kid Brewer Stadium. App, App State, I mean, if you're going to G5 school, pa- pa- their power in the G5. Plus, Boone, North Carolina is beautiful. Plus, their sister city is Collingwood, Ontario. Uh, notable people from Boone. Didn't really claim anybody. They're kind of the anti-Boca Raton. Um, so there's that. And then notable Appalachian State alumni. Apparently they're a uh, country music singer um, factory. Because they claim Eric Church and Luke Combs as alumni. So there you go. Uh, and then, of, of course, Armani Edwards. The guy who started it all with uh, App State's uh, upset over Michigan. Like, what is that, 2007? Uh, they also claim Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry, uh, NFL draft annual analyst Daniel Jeremiah, former starting quarterback there, uh, former Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson, and then former Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes. Pretty good, pretty good list. But uh, gun to my head, if I had to live in Boca Raton or Boone, North Carolina, I'd pick Boone. I'm not. I don't have enough star power to live in Boca. That's clearly for stars. Uh, So now enjoy my interview with Arkansas State wide receiver, Jonathan Adams Jr., and thanks for listening. I'm here with Arkansas State wide receiver, Jonathan Adams. How are you doing today, Jonathan? I'm doing good. How about you? Not too bad. Obviously, this is strange times in college football with the pandemic going on. So what's training been like for you the last couple months? Um, Training's been pretty good. I mean, we we stayed strength and conditioning coach set up this program where we still be able to um, work work out and lift and stuff. Just like in groups of like probably like seven or eight, just distance out, but still getting a still getting the amount of work that we need though. And have you been able to uh, do some on field work? Um, yes, sir. We actually have been like the only thing we have been doing is by like throwing and catching and like you know running a little routes with the uh, quarterback and other wide receivers and stuff like that. But, like, other than that, that's all the field where we get into, like, drill work and stuff like that. Right, right. But we've been getting out there probably by every day, though. But like, we've been getting enough work on the field as well. Well, that's good to hear. So, your your dad played running back at Arkansas State. You're from Jonesboro. Was playing football at Arkansas State always kind of a dream of yours? Uh, No, not really. It's just a certain – it's just a, a thing that just kind of happened to me 
playing um just playing football. I mean, they offered me my, my tenth grade year, so I mean I always had that offer, mm. even though I didn't like commit until my twelfth grade year. And, you know, I just really just decided to just stay at home. Just stay home. I mean, you know, usually other people, you know, wanna go like other places and stuff like that, but you know, I just wanted to stay home, just you know, to show like, you know, you can you can stay home and like make it far. Yeah, it's always nice to be able to stay close and it's not like like you still get to go all over the country for games anyway, so Yeah, sir. So what was recruitment like for you coming out of high school? You play both football and basketball, right? Yes, sir. Uh the recruitment, I mean it wasn't I didn't get really too much looks. I mean, obviously I, I didn't go to a lot of camps at all. Actually I went like only to one camp, it was like the all Arkansas camp. Mm-hmm. But I mean Recruitment, it wasn't, it, just, um, it wasn't really, I wasn't, I wasn't highly recruited out of high school. I was actually a two-star receiver. I mean, so that's that's something that I actually just, like, took took with me as I went to college, though, to just, you know, like, kind of, like, overlooked. But, I mean, I really just, I just put in the work and stuff and just go out there and steal ground. I mean, I'll just can show them on the field what I can do. And does that basketball background translate to the football field at all? Um, I mean, yes, sir. I mean, I actually, basketball is actually, like, my first love. So, I actually, like, love basketball. It's pretty fun. Just being able to jump and just go dunk. I mean, all the athleticism just translated over to football. And I'd argue last season uh, you guys at Arkansas State had one of the best trios of receivers in the country with uh, Bayless, Merritt, and yourself. Now, those guys are both gone. Do you expect to, to have a much larger role in the offense? Um. Yes. Yes. Of course. I mean, I'm just. I'm. A, last year I didn't get as many, but I mean I got enough. I mean, as we had two seniors that we had to um, give the ball to. But I mean, yeah. This this coming up season, I'm I'm ready and I'm getting ready and going to be ready to get as many balls as as they want to throw to me and do whatever I I need to do to help the team. But we also have other receivers like Bubba Bubba Ogabar. And I got a freshman, Jeff Foreman, Dahu Green, other receivers that's going to step up and actually fill in those roles of Omar Bayless and Kurt Merritt. And your quarterback, Lane Hatcher, he seems on tape to trust you to make some plays in tight coverage. Uh, I was watching the Georgia Southern game the other day, and he kept going to you deep, and, and you made a couple pretty awesome circus catches. So what's the chemistry like between you two? Um, Lane, Lane just, our chemistry is pretty good. I mean, Lane's going to throw the ball and give me the ball where I need to. I mean, we actually go out every day and, and just throw and catch, and we have conversations about, like, how we want to do this and that and, like, in the game, just basically getting our minds right, getting our chemistry together out there on the field to just to come in the game and just be ready. And as a receiver, how important do you find it to have that type of relationship with your quarterback? I think it's very important because I mean, you want to have chemistry with your quarterback. You don't like you want, you want to know when like when to throw like you know deep ball, when to throw a back shoulder ball. So you having that you having that chemistry with your quarterback is probably like everything. And you don't want to go in a game without having chemistry with your quarterback. It's just gonna be just ball throwing everywhere. It's miscommunication. And so I, I watched uh, a couple of your games um, and. 
my takeaways, you got terrific hands, big catch radius, awesome body control through traffic. So is, is your favorite, uh, I guess, type of play those deep 50-50 ball situations where you can just kind of out-athlete a defensive back? Uh, I mean, I don't really have a favorite player throw, but, I mean, yes, I actually love those 50-50 balls because, I mean, it's anybody balls, but, I mean, I actually want every one of those balls. I mean, I'm you know, like a 6'3", 6'4", 220 receiver. I mean, I should be able to go up and just get every ball that goes up in the air over at any corner. So, I mean, to that, like, let that get a ball in the air, just, just want that to be my ball. I guess that's kind of comes back to the basketball background a little bit too with uh, just you're you're bigger, more athletic than the guys trying to cover you and it's almost like um, getting a rebound. Oh, uh, yes, sir. I mean, always, always, always was tough. Like, just go high point the ball in the air and I always just had a thing for just jumping. I always was jumping. Like, you just always had a thing for it. So, that just out of basketball, me jumping and getting, getting rebounds and putbacks and stuff it just translate over just going to get the ball out the air and do you style your game after anyone are there any specific nfl receivers you like to watch uh i didn't really style my game like everyone but i mean i watch a lot of nfl tape of like you know like highlights or like route breaking rundowns or any stuff like that like you say like julio jones uh michael thomas Odell Beckham, you know, he's not, not just a, just all, all the, like, the great receivers. I actually watch all those receivers and try to get something from each one of them, like Ocho Cinco, all the Randy Moss. I just try to watch it and just try to get as much as I can information out of them as I can and just try to put that in my game as well. I love hearing the Ocho Cinco reference, one of the, one of the greatest route runners of all time for sure. Yes, sir. And – with uh, with uh, the NFL potentially being your next stop after uh, this season at Arkansas State, what what are your goals going into this uh, final season um, at Arkansas State, and what do you need to work on this year? My goals, my goal this year is to uh, just to catch as many balls as I can. You know, catch as many balls catch many balls and just and take it for the distance how um how much I can get up the field. So uh, just just basically everything. I just improve on everything and just translate my game to a whole other level where I can be that guy that they want to throw me the ball at all times, you know, when they know that we need to um, make a play. Yeah, so you just want to uh, senior year, be that go to guy, have have you guys uh, as one of the best group of five schools again? Um, yes, sir. I think we're going to be one of the best five schools. We, uh, we've we been putting in this work. I mean, actually, a lot of work, actually, like every day on the, like, in the weight room, in conditioning, and also on the field just with the quarterback and other wide receivers. And we got the um, O-line to come out there at their time. They'll come out there and get their field work in, the people that's here in town. I mean, just everybody's being in working. I think we're going to be ready, really prepared for the season that's coming up. And what's it like playing for Coach Blake Anderson? Playing Coach Blake Anderson is, is, you know, it's fun, hard work. But Coach Blake Anderson is a good guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he he cares for other people. You know, he he's always there for us. He 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 never, you know, he never he always wants us to work hard and practice. But like Coach Anderson, Coach Anderson is a good guy, and he's been a good guy since I've been here, and I really appreciate him for all the stuff that he's done 
he makes sure everything, his players is, is fine and okay, and he just always put others first. All right, before I let you go, we're going to do some quick rapid fire here. Uh, I call it seven rounds of rapid fire. I'm going to start with this. Is there a reason you wear number nine? Uh, no, sir. Actually, I came out of high school. I was actually number one, and just number. I just picked, um, got to college, and number number nine was just one of those jerseys that I could have picked out of, and that's what I picked. And just just finding out that's what jerseys I want to continue in my college season. I think the single digit wide receiver number is always a good choice, so I appreciate that number. Uh, yes, sir. Who's your favorite athlete of all time? Uh, my favorite athlete. Or like you know, play, I'll say they're like players. Player at what? Whatever you feel. I'll say my favorite football player will be Julio Jones. But if you want to go athlete, I'll put Odell Beckham. Okay, okay. He's a pretty good athlete. Uh, what's your favorite lift when you're in the weight room? I have to say squat. Good squat answer. Back squat. Back squatting is actually probably one of my favorites. I actually like squatting. I actually squat pretty much. So, what's your max squat? squat. Uh, I really just man, I probably got my highest squat was probably probably be like three ninety five, like four twenty five one time. That's big time for your height too. Yes, sir. What's your go to pump up song? Pump up song. I had to go. I want. I really don't know. I had to go with any little baby song or any young boy song. I mean, it's too many to pick from. <laughs> but any one of those two artists that get me ready, like I'll listen to them before the game and they have me ready before the game. What's your go-to cheat meal? Cheat meal? Yeah. I don't have to say um, Rotel. Uh, some people want to say cheese dip. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number one video game right now? I have to say NBA 2K. Good choice. Because I have to play on the park with my player, and I like to do that. What's your uh, What's your favorite? Okay, I'm Canadian, so what's your favorite thing about Canada? Even if you haven't been here, is there anything you like about Canada? Uh, I don't really, really know much about Canada, so... I mean, I'll probably have to say Drake music. <laughs> that, that, that's a good choice. Usually, usually, the best choices I think are uh, naming any Toronto Raptor or saying Drake. So I appreciate that answer. Yeah, Drake's pretty good. A good artist. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jonathan. I really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for having me. And good luck this season. Thank you.